Listeners, the Fosse Apocalypse continues with part two of our episode on the Little Prince. So now they found water, and on their way back, the kid, the somehow or another, the kids like they they mention like dying or a suicide, and the prince says, "Oh no, my friend, the snake will help me. Like I'm not going to kill myself. My friend, the snake will help me." Pause, <laughs> says the pilot. Pause. Yeah, Step back. Me? I need you to go back about 30 seconds and explain, the fuck is this? Yeah. What is this snake thing? Oh, when I first landed here, it's the first thing I met. For a while, I thought everybody on Earth was a snake. Uh, again. Not too far off. <laughs> a little too on the nose. And this is where we finally get... Bomb Fosse. And the snakiest snake. <laughs> You two watching that was so much fun. And that scene was just so much fun. It's, it's so ridiculous. It's weird. And like... Well, it just gets... It, it keeps getting weirder. Like, it doesn't ever just, like, settle into being, like... I don't know. I mean, I, not so, that I expect it to be normal. But like, yeah. So it opens with, like, a tree. He's going up to... He walks up to a tree, and there's an actual, like, snake on it. And then it cuts away to the boy, and then it cuts back, and there's Bob Fosse, like, laid out (laughs) on the tree in a black suit with a bowler with a snakeskin, um, like, band on it. Um, Yellow. Yellow glasses. (laughs) Yellow sunglasses. Um, And then we didn't realize that he was black gloves with a couple of rings on. Um, and then we didn't realize until he was getting down out of the tree and you see down his leg, he has snakeskin spats on over black shoes and it's just, it's perfection. It's yeah, it's incredible. And it's tight. It's very tight. It's figure hugging and he's a with with the glasses and the the like the beard. And oh, everything. also, oh, I forgot. All of his hair is dyed black. Yeah. and some serious eyeliner going on. Yes, is, this is glam, Bob Fosse. Yes. I just I couldn't help but think of it, it. Seemed like a mix of Michael Jackson and then the character that Tom Cruise played in Tropic Thunder, whose name I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that was what, like the outfit, but then like Tom Cruise in a fat suit. You know, like. I don't. I get to Michael Jackson because Michael Jackson fucking I just mean, off Bob Fosse. But I don't get. I mean, I know just, exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. But is Grossman? Is yeah, it, yeah. But just the so, beard like, and the facial, like, yeah, like the, the facial okay. hair, like the color, like just like not the way he carried himself necessarily, but just like like kind of the stature and just like the face, like his physical appearance. But then in like a Michael Jackson suit like it was just like <laughs> it was very hard to reconcile in my brain your brain is really well, interesting at the same time, right i mean like the ending credits of tropic thunder have have tom cruise in the fat suit like dancing around yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that's true also that's just, just what the I fact that fossey has dark, dark like hair black yeah. hair is and very, the beard is very dark yeah. yeah yeah and then you forget how like i forget um the whole Bob Fosse thing, and then until he takes the hat off a few times, and it's just like giant bald spot. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, let's just put, put that, that right back on. Yeah. <laughs> he was very self conscious of that. Yeah. So this is 
Um, in the in the biography, they talk about Fosse's two great scenes of dance on film. One being the alley dance from my sister Eileen, mm-hmm. and the other being this. And one is Bob Fosse trying to be a movie star. That's the alley dance, doing it, you know, big Gene Kelly, Fred Astaire stylings. And the other is this, which is Bob Fosse fully developed into his own style. Doing very Bob Fosse shit. <laughs> very minimalist, very um, stylized, uh, like only one part of his body moves at a time. I love when he's walking and he's doing those frug arms behind mm-hmm. him. Yeah. They just undulate behind him and he's talking to the kid. There's also a part where he stops and he talks to the kid. And it's like the iconic like Fosse pose, but it's like for a half second. He's kind of hunched over. Yeah. Like a little bit. And I was like, oh, and by the time you like recognize it, he's moved on to the next thing. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Stanley Donan to sweeten the pot to get him to do it gave him complete creative control. You I'm get to, so glad he did. You get you get to not only choreograph it, you get pre to post production like you get to stage it, you get to find your own locations, you get to edit it, everything. This is yours. So I mean, it's even you can tell it's edited by Fosse. Oh yeah. Too. Um, so when he arrived in, <laughs> yeah, he's there's all these great inside like, shots of him, like a snake slithering through brushes, except that it's Bob Fosse just parting brushes with his hand. And or there's one his recently, it's just his hand like <laughs> slithering through the the bushes. And like, slowly coming up over a small rise where it's clear that he's like on his belly and just sort of poking up over <laughs> yeah. it. It's, oh, it's so great. Interspersed. Yeah, yeah, we were laughing time. so hard. But interspersed with his like Bob Fosse fucking dancing in the desert on top of a dune. Uh, so when he arrived in Tunisia, which they shot on location, um, weirdly, Richard Kiley's wife was an old assistant of his. And so he's like, great, this is serendipitous, come on with me. And so they went out into the desert and basically did location scouting together. He would teach her a little bit of the dance. And so he would say, go try that bit over there and let me see what it looks like. And she'd go do it. And he's like, okay, well, let's switch. And you, you tell me if you think that works. And then he'd go do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's how he like picked out locations and framings and everything. Mm. Um, and, and then did all that work. So it was the Sahara, right? The minute they started shooting his dance, it turned brutally cold with really high winds. (laughs) You can see, yeah, you definitely see the, the, the wind. windy part yeah. of it, yeah. So uh, he would, and so between takes, he would come back and they would basically smother him in a cocoon of blankets to try to keep his muscles warm because it was that fucking cold. And then he'd go, but he'd take it all off, go back out up onto a ridge wearing nothing but his little skinny black pants and start dancing again. Also, you have to go like, is that better or worse than it being like a billion degrees out yeah. there while he's in that all black suit and <laughs> snake skin? Um, <laughs> like, I think either nothing about it sounds pleasant, regardless of the situation. Yeah, um, cold <laughs> is harder on the muscles. Yeah, like he could have hurt himself. Right. I mean, you could hurt yourself with like heat exhaustion or dehydration as well, but that's easier to control. Right. 
like just keep drinking water anyway. and like take a break. Well, that was definitely the first thing I noticed was I was like, oh, they're in the desert where it's supposed to be hot, and yeah. he's in this all black uh, suit. As it turned out, black was a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> Please give me all the heat you can. Yeah. <laughs> um. So and then on the last day of shooting, Fosse came out and they had like made everybody on the crew was like lined up on either side leading to the set like some sort of honor guard and he's like what the hell the Oscar nominations had come out that day and so he like that was when Cabaret got all the noms yeah yeah, yeah. so and he was like oh and they were all just like <laughs> yeah fucking yeah look at, look at you <laughs> he's like now I'm gonna go roll around yeah. in the dirt for an hour <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Oscar nominee Bob Fosse. <laughs> oh, I wish we had video of Vinny making that. There's got to be so many, like so, I, like you said at the after. Uh, after and the because movie, it was like, Bob Fosse shooting it, you there's know, there's got to be so much footage. Of just him. Of him fucking around, yeah. Like, look at me, I'm being a snake. No, it wasn't good enough. I'm going to be a snake. No, it's not good enough. Let me try again. I'm a snake. That one might have been good. Let me try it again. Because <laughs> Bob fucking Fosse. So two things I will say about Fosse in this. One, there's a lot of hip thrusting around that child. Yeah. But I, it's not, see... I don't think it. I, it doesn't feel sexual to me. To me, it is the way a snake. Moves. There was there was only one. There's definitely there was, one where he's just like mm, it was. You know, it was hip thrust like directly at, his, at the child. It wasn't face. from mm. the angle of the camera. I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was because I mean. of the way it was shot. It's also just because that's how Fosse dances. Yeah. Like, it's not intended like he's doing anything bad to the kid, but it was just kind of like. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's just the angle was very yeah. much dick to face. Yeah. <laughs> dick to face. Like I know that, like on set, that's not how it was, but that's that was the only one that was. Yeah. Like, um, the other thing is, Fosse, his voice. Like I don't have a problem with his voice. Outside of this, like I think he has a very weird. It's a very weird choice for the snake. Like, I don't know what I was expecting, and I forget that he has kind of that, like, reedy voice. Well, he's got, it's a very light tenor voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like... So Which is how he got away with so much, because he seemed like such a nice guy. <laughs> I, yeah, yes. Like That's, it's sort of a... a Whoa. It's sort of a, uh, like, a really boyish voice yeah. that feels weird with, like, the snake character almost a little bit, where I was kind of like... Oh, I thought by this point with as much she was smoking, there'd be like some <laughs> rasp to it or something. <laughs> Not just smoke, coughing. Yeah, yeah, coughing. yeah. Uh, I was saying that when he was doing like his, his little like slither arms, I looked at Wendy and I was like, man, I wish he would just like stop halfway through and like start hacking coughing right now. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love his light voice because of that reason yeah. for the snake is that it's very no, I thought that was- sweet. Right? Because it'd just be a little too on the nose to be like, I am the snake. <laughs> ah, trust me, kid. Like, what could go wrong? Yeah, sure, I'll follow you behind the into this alleyway. <laughs> it's dark, the lights are burnt out, but you seem trustworthy. <laughs> I'm no. sure it's fine, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, like I said, I don't know what I was expecting. Definitely wasn't that... Real sort of again, boyish is the best word I can yeah. think of to describe his voice. It sounds exactly the same as it did in uh, my sister Eileen. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 
I mean, yeah, a little bit deeper because he's older. He was really, cons- he was in his 40s now. And he like part of why he kept putting Stanley Donen off was he's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm not going to be my best dancer. I'm past being the best dancer. And it's like, you're the best Fosse. Shut up and <laughs> yeah, get, on, yeah, yeah. get on screen, you dumbass. Um, yeah, who the fuck else is going to go out there and do that? <laughs> but he's now, now he's starting to really wind himself up to, like, really tie himself into knots. Because, of course, the more success he gets, the more he feels like a fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like imposter syndrome for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. So ten Oscar noms for Cabaret, and he's like, "I'm a fucking fraud. I'm I'm the Wizard of Oz. Like it's all smoke and mirrors. They're gonna pull the curtain any minute now. I better just keep moving as fast as I can before everybody realizes and <laughs> right. takes it away from me. Right. Which means he also. This is also when he starts to get really not just self destructive, but because he was so successful, he also was given the power to be a dick he could ask for anything he wanted and and if it wasn't what he wanted he'd be like nope do it right so yeah (laughs) like we're we're coming into some of his best work but we're also coming into Fosse being kind of his worst self Yeah. yeah but he also at this point uh Anne Ryan King is very definitely his premier girlfriend now so just little biographical mm-hmm. context there. Uh, he never divorced Gwen. Mm-hmm. Gwen was making peace with Anne being capital T, capital G, the girlfriend. But of course, Anne was having to come to terms with, I'm the girlfriend, but he sleeps with other people on the reg, but doesn't let me sleep with anybody else. And acknowledges that that's bullshit, but hey, that's who I am. And that's, you want to be with me? This is the way it's going to go. Yep. <laughs> but he was such... He was so good at honestly being manipulative, but being a nice guy, a ni- both both in quotes and I think for real, he never broke up with anybody. So every woman he slept with was just kind of permanently in his stable unless they, unless they <laughs> left, unless they said, no, I'm now married or I've gone off and I've done this. And even then probably... He still slept with him because it's Bob Fozzie. Called him up and was like, you up? <laughs> well, like, the girl... I'm out here in the desert. Do we... Want to come roll around in the fucking sand with me? One of them came. I bet. <laughs> Janice Lind, who was, like, his third-tier girlfriend. Janice Lind. So... Uh, we're going to have to come up with a bracket at some point. <laughs> like, seriously, I the biography kind of... I feel like they should have just... They kind of do it in the biography and text, but I'm like, you should have just drawn a fucking graph. Yeah, right. Um, on the way to Tunisia, he stopped off and visited with Ilsa. Ilsa was the girl that he he fell in love with during Cabaret that broke up him and Gwen for good, right? Because Gwen walked in on him. I remember, yeah, I remember you tell us that. Yeah, so he stopped off and had something with Ilsa, gets to Tunisia, because he couldn't take Anne because Anne was doing Pippin seven nights a mm-hmm. week. So, so then he's there and Janice Lynn just like, well, I'll come visit you. So then he's got another woman. (laughs) If there'd been any other females on the set, he probably would have left with five more girlfriends. Yeah. (sighs) I'm just wondering, like, if I had been a dancer, would I have slept with Bob? (laughs) You Hmm. know you would. I was going to say, you you know you would have. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Nah, but I mean, like, they all knew that he was sleeping with everybody. And at some point, it's going to be like, on the one hand, like, what? What am I, chopped liver? You're not even going to try? And on the other hand, like, this isn't anything special. Like, I'm just, <laughs> it's just Tuesday night. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, so uh, getting back to the movie. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so we kind of talked around the song. Um, the whole point of the song is that he's a snake in the grass. He's going to be. Well, because the prince says, "I my birds flew away and I can't get back to my asteroid." Oh, I, I could help you with that if just I'm here. I'm always here if you need me. Yeah. And so he's just singing around like all it takes is a little bite. It doesn't hurt a bit. It only hurts a little. Um, and then and he's just dancing around him and <laughs> flicking and grinding and little wrist twists. And there is a video out there that takes this dance and pairs it with I think it's. Billy Jean <laughs> and like side by side and it's just like yep <laughs> like, there's a lot yeah. he's like Michael Jackson was a great dancer I'm like he was a very good dancer and he did a lot of really innovative things but let us be clear yeah. and give credit where credit is due um Oh, yeah, you see a lot of it in this one, for sure. Oh, yeah, and the look, like the slightly high-water pants. Mm, like, yeah, like the, the spats and, like, the yeah, the short pants and everything. And the, the wrist break. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, anybody else want to talk about his dancing? There's that one point where he pushes the bowler that I just love. When he pushes it from the back over his eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. No, I, mean, I, th- we, I think we mostly covered. I, I did like, and it makes sense that he had full control. But like a lot of the, the shots of him, like up on the ridge, or like there's the one where it's like just like a single outcropping that's like barely big enough for him to stand on, while the prince is like on oh, the ground. Oh, just like a stone. Up yeah, there? yeah, that was. It's almost just like a boulder, like that. He's just like standing atop. Like, yeah, he's up there. There's just some really cool, like some you know, like really great shots like, what that he got. Sort of safety thing you have going on to make sure you don't. Fucking die right now. The kid. You just fall on the kid. <laughs> Did we notice the tree was painted black? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. This is definitely unnatural. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, the kid tells him about the snake. And then he's um, he's like, you can't trust him. He's been lying since the beginning of the world. Oh, yeah. That's what the fox said, too. Hold up. <laughs> what now? <laughs> what, who's this fox? Oh, I met him after the snake. Okay, well, time to tell me that story, too. This is my favorite part of the movie. Oh, well, yeah, and this is obviously where we found our quote for our wedding. Um, uh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> as soon as he started talking, I was like, okay, this is something in here. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's be honest. Chris marrying me, like, using the quote about, but if you tame me, yeah. is wildly appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So the prince is saying that he met the fox in a field of roses and he came to this realization like, I thought my rose was unique, but she's just a common rose. She, there's nothing special about her at all. And then Gene Wilder <laughs> starts peeking around, around trees and skittering so and scurrying good. and he is a perfect fox. Oh, yeah. yes. And... And the little prince is like, well, why don't you come play with me? Well, I can. I'm not tame. <laughs> what the? What are you? Where's your gun? I don't have a gun. Yes, you, you do. You're a human. Yeah. Where, human. where are the other hunters? Where are the other hunters? I'm alone. 
wait, what? And he's like, do you, what do you, do you have guns on your planet? No. Do you have, there was something else. Uh, don't you hunt on your planet? No. Do you have chickens? <laughs> no. Oh, well, nothing's perfect. <laughs> yeah. You're like, ooh, I could move to your planet. That'd be okay. And so he sings a song, Closer and Closer, that is about, like, this is how you would go about taming me. And then the song tames. They, they tame each other. And then they're dancing. And Gene Wilder is almost smashing him against trees. And it's and then they do that adorable little tango. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's really sweet because uh, like the whole song is about how like if you get closer and closer until eventually you touch. And so they have the moment where Gene uh, Gene reaches out and like touches the kid, and then the kid reciprocates by like touching his face. And that's when they start like they go from that immediately into like Gene Wilder's swinging the child, child around, around. But, like, child tossing like happy fun dancing yeah. like like the way that you would dance with a child like kind of over the top type, type thing and it's it's really fun the way you would dance cute. with someone else's child when you don't have to pay their medical bills yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's <laughs> yes. very accurate um it's it's just it's adorable it's really really cute and the, yeah the tango thing is fucking great cause this kid is like, like I was already up to his knees yeah yeah Half, and less and than half his size. Gene Wilder looks like he's just having the time of his life, which is, um, I mean, that's kind of how Gene Wilder always looked. Like, yeah. he always, uh, when he was doing something like that, like, was very good. Even if he was fucking miserable doing it, like, he was very good at selling that he was he was having a good time. Although, I'm sure he was, because this looks like it was probably a lot of fun to do. <laughs> I mean, it's Stanley Donan. Yeah. Oh, and he's in this, like, kind of very 70s... The suit that is straight out of 74, but it is amazing. Like a, <laughs> he would wear that now. Oh, absolutely. Like a purple tie. Like, it was like a purple tie. Yeah. But it's but like, it's like it's, this it's like, tan brown... Yeah, I mean, like, the blazer, but it's, like, belted across the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's oh, just like, God, yes. <laughs> it's just... It's oh, wild. oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, yes. And it's only a cast of, like, ten in each one. Like, this, it's literally just the kid and one other person. So that had to be a really easy shoot to manage, yeah. too. I just, like, that That couldn't have taken too long at all. Except for the Bob Fosse parts. That took three times as long as planned. <laughs> right. Is there ever any more than two people on screen at a time? I don't think so. No. Oh, yeah. That would be really It's always, it's the prince and, <laughs> and one other person. Yeah. 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 Like, that's basically it. Yeah. Oh, oh, I guess in the opening when he's talking to the adults. Well, oh, yeah. Like, pretty much it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. But even then. Oh, yeah. For, for the It's a Hat song. That's about the only one. <laughs> that was the first time when they started saying, It's a Hat. But I was like, Wendy, was this the one? You guys <laughs> yes. Yes, and. Uh, so, so they tame each other and they're happy, but then the little prince has to go. And the fox starts to cry, and the prince is like, "But now I feel kind of responsible for you." Oh, did oh, I not? Big pockets too. That was the other thing. <laughs> yeah, As, that's the thing that I love about this. I was like, I know there was one other detail on that, like that's so seventies. Is he has the belt that you mentioned, and then below that is those huge, enormous, enormous yeah. pockets that like a lot of the jackets in the seventies had. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying that like one of the key moments in the narrative. It's okay that you. <laughs> the pockets, though. 
<laughs> which as a woman pockets though. Uh, Jenny. Right. As I sew pockets over here. <laughs> um, the he's like, but I feel responsible. Oh, and the fox. Oh, didn't did I not mention that that might be a, that that's likely to happen when you tame yeah. something that you feel responsible for it? Um, and part of the taming is. Explicitly, the fox says, if you tame me, like there are a million foxes and there's a million little boys, but if you tame me, I I will be special to you and you will be special to me. And I, when I look at wheat, it will remind me of your hair. And, the, and, and I had never thought of wheat or cared about wheat, but now I will care about wheat because it makes me think of you. So as the prince is leaving, he realizes, oh, wait. Yes, there are a million roses in the world, but my rose is mine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have learned what I needed to learn, and now I need to go back. And once he tells this to the pilot, even though apparently it's been months later, that's when it finally sinks in, I guess. Because <laughs> the pilot wakes up in the morning, and the little prince is gone. He's like, where did he go? Oh, no. And he runs over to where the tree with the snake would be. And there he is, and he's been bitten by the snake. No, don't save me. I want to go. But you're going to die. Nah, it's fine. Yeah, it'll be okay. It's just so far to go. Taking this body is too much work. I'll just go, and I'll leave this here. And when you look at the stars, you'll hear me laughing. It'll be great. And then he thinks he was hallucinating. No, wait. First, he packs a dead child's body into his <laughs> yeah. plane. That's weird, man. <laughs> like he carries the dead child back to his plane. Oh yeah, because he he's gotten it. He also just working. like again yanks the child off of the tree and throws him over his shoulder. Like, <laughs> well, what else are you gonna well, do? It's just like. That was the moment where we were like, like the, oh, the lack of bones that the child seems to have is, is what's so disconcerting about it. Are we even sure that's a child and not a dummy at this uh, point? No, not entirely. <laughs> so he's gotten the plane ready to go, and so he's packing this dead child like, hi, I crash-landed in the desert, and this child totally died on their own. Yeah, this dead kid, don't worry about it. This child is an alien. Uh, <laughs> that I found in the desert. Already dead. A snake did this. A snake did this. I was in no way involved. Um, I told him not to. (laughs) Also, quick aside, because Jenny just mentioned it, when uh, he gets yanked out of the tree, that was also when we all started cracking up about uh, Ron Howard falling out of a tree. Oh, yeah. I was like, all I could think of with the way that his body moved was Ron Howard falling out of the tree in Music Man, which was a moment that cracked all of us up when we watched it. <laughs> this is the problem with watching too many musicals. Yeah. You make connections yeah. that yeah. break the mood a little bit. Yeah. Oh, this poor boy is dying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then he goes to sleep, wakes up, the body is gone. Thank goodness. Like, <laughs> But then he's like, oh, I hallucinated it. Do you think? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, but then as he takes off and hears the laughter, he's like, no, I didn't. And then he flies off into the sunset. The end. Yep. And that's the movie. And I deserve an A plus on my book report. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Where where do we think this kind of falls in the Fosse canon and the Fosse apocalypse? I mean, I feel like it fits in pretty, like, right where it needs to like it's not 
we're the ones you know we've watched up to up until it's this point. A lot has grim. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what I, what I was gonna say is, I mean, this one is a lot less of him in like full control of the whole production. I mean, like obviously, like the snake in the grass part was full Fosse, mm. but like, yeah, I mean, the the source material is a little different, and it's not him like making it his own as much. The one scene for sure, but is it less grim though? I think it is. I mean, it's less grim in tone, but he's still f- the fucking Grim Reaper. Like, even in a cute musical... He kills still, a child. He's still somehow representing and in, in love with death. Yeah. Like, he has a hard-on for death. Oh, for his character specifically as grim, I meant more just the movie overall, uh, I think, okay. is less grim than, like, fucking Pippin. <laughs> <laughs> Which, but even Pippin, like... It has a veneer of this is really fun and, and entertaining. Oh, we're going to kill ourselves now? Oh. <laughs> but Pippin, the thing about Pippin is it makes you complicit in like how yeah. dirty everything <laughs> is. That is just kind of like, fuck you, you wanted this right? Or is <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one's like, oh, it's a charming story. The little boy goes off to his planet, heaven, I don't know. He's but I mean, now he's imagine, laughing. Imagine this as told entirely by Fosse, and I think that it would have been. Oh, oh for sure. I mean, you right can definitely see else. this going in a oh, much darker direction. How badly do I want that? <laughs> yeah, I'd be very curious to see it. But that's, like, that's what I meant. Like, I think his part of it is very much in line with everything oh, we've seen up, sure. to, up like, until this point. Picture him doing the general scene. Yeah. Or um, the accountant scene. I feel like the rose scenes would get weird too. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'm trying to picture the fox now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> if Bob Fosse were casting the fox, any actor, living or dead, who would Bob Fosse pick? Man, I have no idea. I don't even know. <laughs> okay. Would it be male or female? Oh, that's a good question. I could definitely actually see it going into a female role. Um, somebody a little broken and brittle inside. Like somebody <laughs> like Eliza, but not that's not quite right. Oh, see, I was thinking more of a, like, making it more of a, um, like, charity type character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I'm really naive and, like, everything's going to work out, right? <laughs> is it sure yeah everything works out great well, it's fine you broke my heart I'll, think, I'll cry every time I look at a wheat field but go it's okay it's okay yeah your charity yes yeah yeah. okay the fox would be sweet charity yeah yeah um uh okay then now I'm picturing okay let's grab like from so we've got uh like Pajama Game, Damn Yankees, Pippin, uh, Chicago, Cabaret. Oh. I wonder if we could cast if, if we're If we're recasting, I mean, Fosse's directing, so let's put Ben Vereen in as the snake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was about to say, like, where would Ben Vereen fit in that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he was Judas, which is just kind of a very similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Um... Gwen Verdon would have to be in there. Would Gwen Verdon be the Rose? 
That feels a little on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> Too obvious? He's like, oh yeah, there's lots of roses. <laughs> oh, snap. Ouch. Um, okay then. Yeah, like that. That's a that's an exercise. We can continue to mull on that one. Yeah. This might be fun, actually, especially as we're getting to the end game here of like, okay, how do these characters, who would we swap out in which ways and like which characters might be replacements for others? Um, but we should wrap this up. So yeah. I, normally at this point we ask, what was your favorite musical number? But there's only a handful of them. And I mean, I love the Fosse thing, but. Gene Wilder with the kid is just so charming to me. I love it so much. Okay. It's just a joyful moment. I I just thought that it would be like, oh, no, clearly it's Snake in the Grass, but I love that it's not. <laughs> You're like, no, my favorite number was Gene Wilder. No, I said, I said when it came up earlier, I was like, this is my favorite part of the movie. I think it's really just delightful to watch. Also, I just have a huge soft spot in my heart for Gene Wilder anyway. Yeah. And his his soft, fluffy hair. And his soft, fluffy... It's just kind of... I love how unruly it is throughout most of this. Like, it's just kind of... There's fucking... More so than normal, yeah. There's fucking leaves in it and shit, and it's just... It's great. He's wonderful. I mean, I I love the scene in the moment, but I mean, for just the sheer visual ridiculousness of it, like Snake in the Grass for sure. Snake in the Grass. It's mostly, yeah, it's it's really just him parting the bush and then like slithering his hand. (laughs) Like they actually took time to put both of those, (laughs) capture those. Like, yeah, it's it's absolutely Snake in the Grass for me. (laughs) Parting the bush is my candor in him cover band. (laughs) Also, I mean, because I had the weird visual of like the Michael Jackson and, and Les Grossman thing, but also, like, Snake in the Grass is a, a Midnight Star song, like an 80s funk band. And, and when I saw in the opening credits, like, Snake in the Grass by Bob, Bob Fosse, the Midnight Star song was started playing in my head, which is not at all what I got on the screen. <laughs> um, but. Okay. For a number of reasons, it was great. But particularly because it was Bob Fosse doing his Fosse thing. Fosseying. Yeah. Fosse, Fosse, Fosse. Um, okay, so that was The Little Prince, and 1974, directed by Stanley Donan. It was kind of hard to... Well, that was mostly our technical issues. Um, it's, also, it's not a super easy one to find, yeah. I no, mean, um, you can buy it, buy and rent on iTunes, uh, but it's not on Netflix, it's not on Hulu. It is It is on Canopy, so um, if, like... Austin Public Library gets you access to Canopy. Check your local library and see if they have access to it. Because Canopy also fucking rules. Because um, yeah. you can get like, the it's, whole yeah. Criterion collections on there. And it's shit. got amazing right. documentaries. It, yeah, it's totally yeah. free as long as you have like a, a library card, basically. Yeah. Like, well, I'd be assuming that it's connected to I mean, your library. You're but, limited, I think, to like three movies a month. Uh, five. Five? Yeah. yeah. But, Still, it's, I mean... For being a completely free service, it's pretty sweet. And with a really interesting and in-depth catalog. Yeah. Um, yeah, Canopy's great. Canopy with a K. So at this point, we are supposed to remind you to... Rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> I knew you were elite. you were trying to walk me into that, so I was like, let's get this over with. It's my favorite. <laughs>
Uh, yeah, I'm we're, ridiculously we're, proud of stupid things I've done. <laughs> we are we are closing in on the the Is final that what you say about your parts of the. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was mean. I love Teddy. She rules. <laughs> Teddy would sass you so hard. I know right she would. Her sass is really ramping up. By the way, like it's no it's, idea where she gets it though. Yeah, Chris. There's yeah, like there's two of them. <laughs> yeah, but we are closing in on the. We're coming down to the end game. Yeah, and we've got Chicago, and then are we gonna do Chicago first? Yeah, because it's. Um, it is next uh, chronologically in terms of his I think it's important to see Chicago before we see all that jazz because he would have done Chicago before he did all that jazz and all that jazz is autobiographical about right. that time period Okay. so we're going to do Chicago next okay because we had I, I was just curious because we had debated on whether or not we were yeah, actually even going to do it um, and whether it was going to be a bonus or whatever but that makes I think that makes sense um yeah, and this Rob Marshall's Chicago with uh, with the fabulous a, Catherine Zeta Jones and also Renee Zellweger, um, and also um, Richard Gere. Well, Richard Gere, but uh, what's a guy that plays the husband? Um, oh, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Thank he's you. He's delightful. Oh, he's, he's great. so good. Oh, he's like surprisingly great. good. Like when we watch it, there's a moment he does this thing that I'm just I. I find it to be profound. Um, anyway, so that'll be next week, Chicago. Yeah, next week is Chicago, and then um, we come down to it and we get all that jazz. And then we're going to have our Fosse bonus round and watch the video recording of the Broadway anthology show Fosse, right. which will just be just like an orgasm of Fosse dancing everywhere. It'll be, yes. <laughs> and then we might do a bonus bonus round and watch Burlesque. <laughs> I've never seen that, uh, but I feel like I should. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, especially once you're all fossied up, you're going to watch it and be like, you get all oh, up. <laughs> oh, this is somebody was just like, I love Fosse. Let's do it. Yay. It's also got Alan Cumming in it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Not nearly enough of him. I will be clear. Also, Stanley Tucci. Oh, I love the. Very rarely is there enough of Alan Cumming in like right. most of what he's in. Right. Need more, please. Yeah. So anyway, this was the Little Prince. Uh, the Fosse Apocalypse continues next week, and we will talk to you then. I've been one of your hosts, Wendy. I'm Vinny, and I'm Mike. And we never introduced ourselves at the beginning. Ah, uh, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good end. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck it. Yeah. A Real Education the Musical can be found on iTunes, Blueberry, and Google Play. Follow us on Facebook at Real Education Musical, on Twitter at Real Edu Musical, that's R-E-E-L-E-D-U, or check out our website at realeducationmusical.com. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education.